The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Thursday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this Thursday, January 11, 2024. This is the Thursday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm your man, Jacob Goins, with you for the next two hours right here on ESPN 106.7. We just missed it yesterday, didn't we? I mean, we missed it by like eight minutes yesterday. Luckily, though, Bill and Dan were here to give you, and the drive was here, to break the news that may be the news of the year. You News of the century, and we're 10 days in. We were 10 days in. The news that has taken the world by storm in college football. That the greatest head coach in the sport of all time, Nick Saban, has retired from Alabama, from coaching college football, a wonderful career is in the books. You better believe that's what we're talking about today. Huge news. We'll talk about that on the show. Phone lines are open. Want to get your thoughts on this because um, I know you've got them. I know you've got thoughts. I know you've got opinions. I know you've got just things you want to say um, about the, the tenure of Nick Saban, the ending of a dynasty, and what the future holds for college football the SEC, and of course, for Auburn football. So that's what we're talking about today on the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. We're talking about Nick Saban retiring. We'll talk about the trickle-down effect that's already been happening when it comes to the Alabama football program commits, right? We got a big one to talk about there. And then the big question that everybody's asking, who's next? Who's next for Alabama? Who's next to take over the reins there in Tuscaloosa. And we'll pose a couple of questions there when we get to that topic. So we'll talk about that today. Other coaching changes going on around football, not just college, in football in general. It's been a crazy few days with legendary coaches no longer coaching at their current position We'll have Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network today. He'll join us at 2.30. I'm sure he'll have some thoughts about Nick Saban and Alabama. And, of course, Tiger Talk coming up tonight. Auburn basketball coming up on Saturday. So we'll talk to Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network at 2.30 about that. And then coming up at hour number two. What a perfect day to have this guy on, huh? Chris Gordy, host of the Locked.SCC podcast. He joins us every Thursday at 3.30. He'll be with us on the phone lines coming up in hour number two. We'll get his thoughts on all of the biggest news going on in the Southeastern Conference, football and basketball. So excited to have those two gentlemen on today. Outside of that, phone lines are open. Give me a call, 334 321 
1390. That number again to get you through to me is 334-321-1390. What do you want to talk about? What's on your mind? What are your thoughts on everything going on in the world of sports today? 334-321-1390. And the news that broke the internet, broke the world of college football yesterday afternoon at about 4.10 p.m. was the news that Chris Lowe broke and, and Congratulations to him. Credit to him for breaking this news. That Nick Saban has retired as the head coach of Alabama. And he did not leave Alabama to go somewhere else. He's not going to coach anywhere else. This man's retired. He's done. He is done coaching in general. He's out. And understandably so. And the guy's in the 70s. Like, wouldn't you want to be done working at that point too? And he goes out as the greatest head coach in the history of college football. Whether we want to admit that or not, as Auburn folks, as Auburn people, it's undeniable. It's undeniable, and you can make the argument he's the best head coach ever in, in football, in sports. I mean, he, he is up there. And it really is wild to see all the places that Nick Saban went, all the places that he was at, all the teams he was with, and all the things that he accomplished when he was at Alabama. And we know all the numbers with with six national titles with Alabama, seven total with the LSU National Championship. We know all the assistant coaches that have come before him or come under him, I guess, and come through his system And that's what I want to talk about coming up in a few minutes. And we know the different avenues that he's been at, the different places he's been. He he went to the NFL. He was in the NFL multiple times. He was a head coach in the NFL. He was terrible, but he was a head coach in the NFL. He coached with probably the greatest NFL head coach of all time and Bill Belichick, who is also out today as the New England Patriots head coach in that wild. The two greatest coaches of all time in the sport of football within 24 hours, less than 24 hours, are both out at their current institutions. One's retired. I think the other one's going to go coach somewhere else with Bill Belichick. That's later on in the show. But everything that Nick Saban has done is truly remarkable. It is. It's remarkable. He will go down as the greatest coach to ever live. In, in in college football. That can still change in the future, of course, but up to this point, it's undeniable. And for you, an Auburn fan, let's just be honest, it's been hell. It has. It's been horrible living in this era, in this dynasty that Alabama football was because of that man. And I'm not saying you should hate him. I'm not saying you should spit on his statue and stuff like that, but there has been no love lost here, right? You... As Auburn fans, us as Auburn people have not been a fan of Nick Saban. And you could see just how much he meant to that program, to that university, to a lot of people around this state when that news broke yesterday. And what's really crazy to me here is the fact that almost nobody knew. Almost nobody knew this was happening until it was happening until he called a team meeting, until he was telling the coaches and the players, like, hey, I'm done. Until he told Greg Byrne and told Alabama, 
Hey, I'm out. I'm done. Nobody really knew 100% that this was happening. Now, of course, these conversations over the last, oh, I don't know, three years probably have started to really pick up steam. It's like, well, is this it for Nick Saban? Is this the final year for, for the Alabama dynasty? Is this it? Will this be his last year? Will he go out on top? And then when they lost in the college football, in, in the, the conversation this year was, well, if they don't make the playoffs, will we be done? But then they made the playoffs. It's like, okay, if Nick, Saban, if Nick Saban and Alabama win the national championship, will he be done? Will he go out on top and call it quits? Well, he didn't get that chance because they lost in the semifinals to Michigan. And then the conversations began again. Is Nick Saban done? Will he come back for another year? Will he try to win one more before he's done? And I'll be completely honest with you. The way that he continued to work, the way that he was working throughout this month of December in recruiting, in Roster management, coaching staff management, preparation for the playoff games, and what's happened since they lost in the Rose Bowl? I really, really thought he was going to give it another shot. I did. I thought he was going to stay. Because the way that I looked at it was, why would you continue to work that hard and recruit that hard for something you're not going to be a part of next year. That was the way I looked at it. And I had to be humbly reminded that we're talking about a guy that revived an Alabama program that was in a horrible spot when he took over. And there's a reason that he's won seven total national championships. There's a reason that he has more Heisman Trophy winners under him than any other Alabama head coach. There's a reason that we give him the GOAT status. Because he cares. Because he paid attention to detail. Because he worked harder than anybody to be great. And so, after 17 years, did we really expect him to just say, hey, I'm retiring and say peace out and never walk into the Alabama football facility again? You shouldn't have thought that. Because guess who showed up to work today? Nick Saban himself. He was there. He's at work today. He announced retirement, but he's still working. Why? Because he wants Alabama to be left in a good spot. He wants it to be left in as best of a position as possible when he does officially walk out the doors and not walk back in. And that's what's made him and that Alabama team and that Alabama program so great. And that's what Auburn fans are wanting with Hugh Freeze and Auburn. That's what every fan base wants. That's what every fan base wants. That has been the standard for so long in this sport. You've seen Kirby Smart and Georgia imitate it pretty close, right? They've done a pretty good job in a short amount of time imitate and mirror the things that happen in Tuscaloosa. You're trying to see that in other big-name programs, Texas, Oregon, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson at times, right? Everybody's chasing and has been chasing one guy, and he's no longer in the sport. And so I was wrong. I was wrong thinking he was coming back. 
because Nick Saban has announced he's retiring. And the, the, the landscape of the sport is a major reason for it. I've told you this. I've talked about this. I didn't think Nick Saban would ever win another one. And I said years ago that what is happening in college football right now would be the reason he walked out the door, would be the reason that he quit coaching college football. Because he's not the only one. He's not the only one. Look at college basketball. That's the biggest spot it's been affected. Coach K at Duke, gone. Roy Williams at North Carolina, gone. Jay Wright at Villanova, gone. Coach Cal's not far behind him, I don't think. Bayheim at Syracuse, gone. The legends of the game in college athletics they're not fans of what's happening here anymore. And more importantly, especially for Nick Saban in Alabama, the competitive edge, the recruiting edge, the thing that made them better than everybody else, those things don't exist anymore because Saban was the best recruiter that's ever been born. That's why they were so good. They had five-star after five-star after five-star. I don't have to tell you that, Auburn fans. You know that. But guess what? Walking into an 18-year-old kid's living room with his mom and dad sitting on the couch and saying, hey, we'll make you great in Tuscaloosa. We'll make sure that your son gets developed the right way. We'll make sure he gets to play NFL football because our track record's better than anybody's. Guess what? In 2024, that recruiting pitch doesn't work anymore. You can't use that and say, we're just better than everybody else. That doesn't fly. And that's what gave Saban and Alabama so much success. That's why he's gone. That's why he walked away. NIL, transfer portal, the horrific calendar in December. He didn't want to deal with that anymore. He's 72 years old. He's been coaching a long time. And it's not the sport that he was once a part of. And I think it does come down to the inability to adjust to stay on top. And I said this when I was on this show a couple of years ago. And I've said this numerous times to people that know me. The reason he's not a fan and multiple coaches, Saban's not alone here. Look at Dabo. Look at what Clemson's been since all this came. They've been irrelevant. Coaches like them, especially Nick Saban, they're not fans of NIL and the transfer portal because it's something that they can't control. It's something that they cannot adjust and have full control, and it's something that they cannot dominate and become better than everybody else at. That's what legends do. That's what the greatest of all times do. That's what Michael Jordan did. right? That's what you're seeing... Players like LeBron James do, and Steph Curry do, and Kobe Bryant did. That's what you see other coaches like Bill Belichick, Tiger Woods, Tom Brady, all the people that get thrown into the GOAT status, that's how they do it. Because every aspect of the game, they become better than you at it. And they find it, they master it, and they become better than everybody else. 
because they can control how it flows. They can control how it works. And in the case of Nick Saban in Alabama, we know the story when he was hired there. We know how that went down. He walked in the door and said, hey, guess what? I'm calling the shots. This is my program. I'm going to run it the way I want to. And that was a hard pill to swallow for Alabama, but I'm pretty sure they're glad they did. And he controlled every aspect of it. And everything new that came into college football and came into college athletics, he may not have liked it all, but he adjusted. He adjusted, and then he dominated because he mastered it and became better than everybody else. He can't do that anymore. Great coaches can't do that anymore because coaches don't have power compared to what the players have now. Isn't that a wild statement? Think about it. Coaches don't have the power they once did. That resides in the players. And in Nick Saban's generation as a head coach, that doesn't work. His style doesn't work with that narrative anymore. And that's why Nick Saban is retired at Alabama. It's wild. And it's a day that I thought would never come. I said Nick Saban would coach until he died on the sidelines. I really believe that. I did. <laughs> I, I really truly believed that Nick Saban would never retire until he passed out and died on the sideline of a football field somewhere. And I'm glad that didn't happen. I'm happy for him. Happy for his family. Good for him. More importantly, though, good for us. It's over. It's over. The dynasty of, of Alabama, Nick Saban, will no longer rule Auburn. It will no longer rule this state. It will no longer rule college football. But then the question becomes, well, who's next? Who could it be? Who could take over to continue that trend? That's been the biggest question in the last 22 hours or so. I want to hear from you on the phone lines. 334-321-1390. How do you feel about it? Nick Saban, out as Alabama's coach, retired from the sport of college football. I know you got thoughts. What do you think about this from an Auburn fan perspective? 334 321 1390. We'll talk some more about this on the other side here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Back inside the studio here on the Thursday edition of On the Line on ESPN 1067. I appreciate you being with us on this beautiful Thursday afternoon. Apparently, it's supposed to be horrible weather tomorrow. Like, I've been seeing all types of stuff happening uh, with, uh, I believe, Opelika City Schools is doing, like, online learning tomorrow. Um, Auburn High basketball games got canceled. They got moved. So, uh, sorry to our friend Jack Hutton, who will not be on the air tomorrow. Um, uh, kind of crazy. I mean, possible, like, tornadoes and stuff? I don't know. So, y'all, look, I tell you this all the time. Don't use me as your weatherman, but go and check your weather. Check the weather, see what's going on in Auburn, Opelika tomorrow, because it may not be very pretty. So, uh, stay updated for, for what we do here. Um, hopefully, nothing goes wrong. Um, but other than that, 
Hope you're doing well. It's a nice day today. We could take advantage of that, that's for sure. And speaking of high school really quick, um, tonight, if you're looking for uh, something to listen to, you can tune in over on Tiger Country 104.5. That's Tiger Country 104.5, 104.5 on the radio dial at tigercountry.net. Uh, you can uh, tune in as I will be on the call with my good friend Christian Griffin, my color commentator. We'll be calling Lee Scott Academy Basketball hosting Glenwood tonight over at Lee Scott. So big games tonight, big region games uh these two teams they uh they they don't like each other very much we we love competing against glenwood and so looking forward to that tonight we'll be on the air at 5 15 so as soon as we're done with this show i'll be hauling over to lee scott academy you can tune into that tonight 5 15 on tiger country 104.5 and tigercountry.net let's get to the phone lines here on the thursday edition of on the line 334-321-1390 you're on the line who am i speaking with Hey, Spectre. Hey, Spectre. What's up, man? Well, starting a new era, aren't we? A new era, yeah. What do you think about all this? Well, you know, Dick is 72 years old. And I tell you, the older you get, the harder it is to get up and do the same thing you've been doing for the last 17 years. Yeah. And uh, I tell you, he said it when it started about the portal and NIL. He didn't like it. But as the last two years, if you will, it's like being in the ring. He's in the ring with the portal in the NIL, and he's got an uppercut and a, and a right hook to the jaw. Mm-hmm. And uh, it has taken a toll on him. And you could see it. It's all about, you're right, you, what you said earlier. It's all about control. And coaches like him absolutely dominate with it. And uh, and if you can dominate your players to to do their best on the field, you're going to win championships. And I think the NIL and the portal has taken some of that away from him. Oh, 100%. 100%. And, and, and then, then when you have this new change to the NCAA championship games and the SEC restructure, Mm-hmm. It's even it's even more pressure on him to to excel, and you know you can't blame him. I mean, I, if he was fifty years old, you'd say, "Oh, he's making all that as an excuse." But seventy-two years old, and you know they say the 70, seventy-two is a, is a new fifty-two or whatever. You that's know. what they yeah, that's what they say. But it but it <laughs> depends on it depends on the person. I mean, right. he's done all. He, He's done all he wanted to do. He's, he's got his accomplishments. He's got nothing else to prove. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I think, in my opinion, I think the combination of the portal NIL and the new structures coming up with the NCAA is, is, is more pressure on him to excel. And he even said it to his players. He says, I expect every one of you guys to give me 100%. And if you can't, you're at the wrong college. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's told them, and I, I'm pretty sure that I'll give you 100%. And I don't think he feels he can give them 100% anymore. Right. And, you know, that's something I had talked about was the, you know, the new structure of college football with the portal or and with uh, the, you know, the SEC growing and the playoff. I mean, Spectre, it's harder to win a championship now than it's ever been before. Well, proof is in the pudding. Look at the last two years under the portal in NIL. He's lost two games each year, yep. which most most schools would love that. Yeah, you better but believe it. That's, 
but at Alabama, you you can't have two losses every year. Not with the and, not with the standard he had set before. You're absolutely right. Exactly. But anyway, um, <clears throat> that's the way I feel about it. I mean, it's good for Auburn. I mean, uh, I wanted I wanted <laughs> you know take that back. He uh, he probably fears freeze more than anything because uh, he didn't want to face freeze next year. And yeah, I, I feel there's probably something to that. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I'm speaking as an Auburn fan, mm-hmm. uh, but in, re- in reality, ain't nothing that will scare this man. That's right. That's but, right. And hey. but anyway, yeah, appreciate uh, appreciate the call, Specter. Always great to hear from you. Three three four. Three two one thirteen ninety, and you know we got we got to be careful to run you know running with the um, you know inspect you know he said talking as an Auburn fan here, Saban was scared of Hugh Freeze like got to be careful running with that. But let me say this, I guarantee guarantee it that Nick Saban was threatened a little bit. You can't tell me he's not not threatened by Hugh Freeze, who's come in and flipped commits from you already already has done that even when Saban was still there you can't tell me he wasn't a little bit worried about that now was Hugh Freeze and Auburn the sole reason that Nick Saban retired no you can run with that if you want to it's not right but you can run with it if you want to but all of those things that Spectre said that I've said that all of you have been talking about it's absolutely right man it's a different era in college football and for a guy like Nick Saban it's just not the same and he didn't want to be a part of it Coming up next, we'll talk to Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. I know he's got thoughts on this new era of college football and rivalry in the Iron Bowl with Auburn and Alabama. We'll talk that. Tiger talking a whole lot more. Coming up next. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into hour number one here on the Thursday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7 and excited to welcome in this guy. We talk to him every Thursday, our first guest kicking us off on the show. It's Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. Brad, happy Thursday. Are Auburn folks smiling a little bit bigger on this Thursday afternoon? Well, we're one day closer to basketball, so I would imagine that uh, they are. <laughs> it's because of Tiger Talk tonight, right? Well, you got Tiger Talk tonight. You got one of the best basketball teams in the country, and a home game coming up in a little more than you know than forty eight hours at Neville Arena again. So, yeah, I would say there are a lot of smiles uh, around Auburn today for sure. And uh, look, single game baseball tickets went on sale this week. I mean, there's a lot of things to be happy about for Auburn folks. Well, and now in all seriousness, that is the truth. And, and Auburn's success has never been dependent upon Alabama's success. Auburn always competes with Auburn, and you try to be the very best that you can be at every sport at every time, regardless of who you play, where you play, who the head coach is, who the assistant coaches are, quarterback, point guard, you know, shortstop, doesn't matter. You go try to be the best. So uh, did Auburn, because it competes directly with Alabama the same way it competes directly with Georgia for a lot of recruits, did the road get a little easier yesterday? Absolutely it did. There's no arguing that. Doesn't mean it's easy. Doesn't mean it's now a brisk cakewalk. It means that it can't. There is no reality where Alabama 
improves at the at its head coaching position. There's just no objective reality. It's impossible where that happens. Yeah, it, it's impossible. So, you know, do you get back to winning fifty percent of the recruiting battles against Alabama um, or more? You know, Coach Tuberville in his day would win probably more than fifty percent of those battles. Um, the the key to Auburn having a shot is to win those recruiting battles against Alabama, Georgia, to a degree, Florida, Mississippi has become a much more talent rich state. I would I would put a lot of emphasis now as well on the state of Mississippi. And um, there's just so much talent in those states and they're your border states and your home state in, in the state of Alabama, obviously. So if you win those half the time, you're not going to win all of them. But if you get half, you get a seat at the table. And it becomes automatically, no matter who they hire, is their next head coach. For Auburn to focus on Auburn and sell Auburn and, and, and really promote Auburn, um, it, it now, no matter who they get, it's going to be a little bit easier to win half or more of those battles. Talking the uh, big news from yesterday as Nick Saban announced he is retiring as the head coach of Alabama. And of course, the best that we can, we want to always relate our conversations back to Auburn, how it impacts Auburn, what the future holds uh, for Auburn football and beyond. And, and as a, a legendary career comes to an end, Brad, with Saban and Tuscaloosa, one thing that Auburn fans and Auburn football should hang their hat on, they beat Alabama and Nick Saban more than anybody. And uh, the fact that when Saban went up against nine win or more Auburn teams, he never did beat us. Yeah, that's true. I, I would have liked to have seen more nine or more win teams because of that. Um, <laughs> because, we, right. you know, the, the fact that those wins – uh, weren't what they should have been. Uh, fact is, he beat Auburn more times than than Auburn beat his teams, and it shouldn't be that way. And those of us who are say forty five and under know that that's not automatic uh, because we lived through the Pat Dye years and the Tommy Tuberville years, and you know six wins in a row and seven wins in a row, and um, you know or six wins in a row, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. We were we lived in those days. We know what it was like to win those head-to-head recruiting battles, and um, I, I don't draw a lot of solace or satisfaction from a you know from winning a quarter of the games while he was there. I'd like to see Auburn get back to winning half or more in this rivalry. I, you're not going to see a team win ten in a row, nine in a row in the series. I just those days are gone, but um, it, it'll be a little more even, I believe going forward, given the trajectory of, of the Auburn program. Again, regardless of what happens in Tuscaloosa going forward, the trajectory of the Auburn program is one that it's it's not going to have to take a back seat in these rivalry games going forward. And it, it really does close the book on a, a, a just a wonderful chapter with the Iron Bowl. Sure, there's been some some blowouts here and there, but I mean, you're talking some of the most historic finishes in all of college football on both sides with Alabama and Auburn winning, and that was all with Nick Saban being at Alabama and Auburn having a couple of different head coaches during those times. Yeah, no, it, it what it does is underscores that the rivalry is ferocious regardless of, of who's coaching either team. Uh, I remember a stretch in the 90s where it seemed like every single year it was a one-possession game, whether the game was played in Birmingham or Auburn. Of course, in the 90s, those are the only places that the game was played. Um, and that was Gene Stallings against Terry Bowden. 
And now that continues. This generation will have these really close games. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, again, unfortunately, too many times it was Auburn with a fourth quarter lead that uh, that wasn't able, I think, 2014 in Tuscaloosa and then obviously the last two home games here. But, you know, you've also got the greatest ending in college football history. And Nick Saban will be a part of that forever. And he will be, he'll be able to tell some more kick six stories now. And, uh, and that will be just fine. Um, but he's iconic in that, uh, as soon as the camera goes to him after Chris Davis's return, he's throwing his hands up in the air saying, I told you, or I told y'all or whatever he said. Um, yeah, he's, he was fortunate enough to coach and we have all been fortunate enough to watch this rivalry, which is the best in college athletics. No question. Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network joining us here on ESPN 106.7. You mentioned this already, and I like that that's the direction you went. There's no doubt that on the recruiting trail, it gets easier for Auburn. It has to get easier because of what has been a dominating factor for the school in Tuscaloosa for so long. And not only does it get easier on that aspect, but for Auburn in particular, Brad, we've got a guy that is really hammering the recruiting trail and was already starting to win those battles before Nick Saban decided to, to hang it up. Yeah, a hundred percent. Hugh Freeze and his staff were uh, were behind. You know, they they came in with a starting spot that was further back than uh, than the Alabama staff and, and other staffs in the SEC. But looking at just the two of them. Um, Auburn made up a lot of ground. Alabama still finished with a higher ranked class, uh, you know, for the time being. Um, and so they're still, that, that machine is still rolling pretty well. What this does though, it throws a, a wrench into the machine and it has to shut down and recalibrate for some period of time. And you better believe that coach freeze and the staff have been making every connection they could possibly make since four o'clock yesterday afternoon and will continue to do so. Uh, Alabama will have to hire a new staff. They will have to, not just a head coach, but assistant coaches, um, probably ones that haven't worked with the head coach before to try to establish the, you know, or, or um, work on existing recruiting connections. Just the whole recruiting machine will, again, undeniably, objectively, have to slow down a little bit. How much ground can Auburn make up in that period of time, uh, we saw what, you know, when a staff comes into a place, and, and Alabama is a great example of this in 2007 yeah. and 2008, it did not take very long for a new recruiting approach to pay dividends. And I think it's reasonable to think, it's not illogical to think that you could see the same type of momentum happening at Auburn. Well, we've had our fair share of, of coaching changes and have, and seeing how the recruiting is impacted because of that, and we'll see what happens in Tuscaloosa with Nick Saban retiring as Alabama's head coach. Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network joining us here during On the Line on ESPN 106.7. There are other things happening in the world of sports, Brad, and a lot of things in the world of Auburn athletics, and we were joking about it at the beginning, but Auburn basketball coming off of a very nice win on Tuesday against Texas A&M, and now in preparations to host LSU on Friday in Neville Arena at 5 p.m. Of course, 
here locally, you can find that radio broadcast over on Wings 94.3. Pre-game will begin at 4.30 on Saturday afternoon. Your thoughts on the Texas A&M performance and how Auburn can carry that into Saturday against LSU? Yes, definitely. I want to talk about that. Let me make one other point about Nick Saban. I don't know why this matters so much to me, but it's important. Okay. Um, so uh, there's a narrative going around now that uh, the former Alabama head coach didn't know that he was going to resign or retire uh, until about five minutes before the meeting. Don't believe Don't Come on. We're all <laughs> smart enough to right. know better than that. Right. This guy's reputation is calculating. Mani- well, well, maybe, you do. yeah, I mean, he's calculating and he is uh, controlling in a dominant way over Thorough. everything and always and, and always has been mm-hmm. since he arrived at the airport uh, to be the Alabama head coach. Don't for a second think that he didn't know far, far, far in advance what he was going to do. This narrative is played for sympathy and for a humanization effect, and don't fault that there's no reason to believe that that's true. ESPN people were making it known to some of their partners to prepare for Wednesday afternoon to be the time that the announcement was going to be made. And the announcement was made a little after four on Wednesday afternoon. So, and this was, this was a week ago that that ESPN was telling folks this. So there we go. All right. Now basketball, moving on, moving on to the top 20 (laughs) basketball team that will continue to rise. Um, Texas A&M showed another example that that Auburn is not only a deep team, not only talented, uh, but the reason I think this is Bruce's best team is they can win games in different ways. If you want to get into a track meet, it's going to be hard to keep up with Auburn in a track meet, uh, but you could try, and Auburn's going to have a lot of success. If you want to play a grind it out, don't let them get into their offense, put the scene on the shot clock kind of just – you know, rough and tumble type of physical game. Fine. Look who stood tall the last four minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when that game was won the last four minutes. So I-, I thought it showed more than anything else that Auburn can win games in multiple ways in conference play. And not to mention, of course, to come overcome what has been the thorn in the side of Bruce Pearl and Auburn basketball, Buzz Williams at Texas A&M, who, again, Brad, had a really good game plan for this Auburn team on Tuesday night. And this was a two-point game going into the under-four timeout. Yeah, no, it was. They did a good job defensively. They bothered Auburn's true freshman point guard. Uh, they brought pressure at half court, sometimes three-quarter court. Uh, there was I, I don't remember four times – when Aiden was able to dribble the ball across midcourt himself without hooking a pass to the other side of the floor to Jalen or whoever else was on the court at the fourth spot at that time. And most of the time it was Jalen. Mm-hmm. Um, picked him up at half court. Auburn couldn't. Auburn's such a good team at distributing the ball. Their ball movement is excellent. And Texas A&M did a good job with off-ball defense, not allowing ball the, the ball to go on the perimeter where Auburn wanted it to go. Didn't allow Auburn to get into the offense until about 15 seconds on the shot clock. It was a terrific defensive game plan. But Auburn adjusted, and Jalen had just another 20-point game, fourth in the last eight. Uh, they were able to get some flex cut uh, movement in the post and um, some, you know, some guys coming off screens that were wide open. Um, and that made – and they turned them over 19 times. A&M only turns it over 10 times a game. That'll help. And Auburn turned them over – yeah, turned them over 19 times. So you get some extra possessions that way. And, and again, as, as you said, that those last four minutes, Auburn just ran – they were plus nine in the last four minutes. 
Well, Auburn uh, gets a win over Texas A&M on Tuesday at home. They get to remain at home on Saturday, hosting LSU. Again, that game will tip off at 5 o'clock here locally over on Wings 94.3 and WingsFM.com. Auburn hosting LSU. It's a new-look LSU team, though, Brown, getting a, getting a pretty good guard back for that team, and they have yet to lose a game with him in the when in, he is in the lineup. Um, what yeah. can Auburn do on Saturday to continue to be a top-20 team and try to stay undefeated in the SEC? Yeah, LSU has a couple of guards in, in Wright and Cook that average about 32 points a game. Jalen Cook is the guy that you're referencing there. He's played five games since the two-time transfer rule was lifted by that West Virginia court. Um, Cook is a guy that started at LSU, transferred to Tulane. Auburn was going after him, and they were in on him um, and felt like they had made some, some headway with Jalen Cook, a terrific, really prolific scorer, terrific offensive player. Um, and the NCAA told Auburn, said, nah, don't, don't take him because he's not going to be able to play. And then, you know, you get a few weeks into the season and the West Virginia court rules and the two-time transfer rule is waived, and now he's able to play for, for LSU, and he's been dynamic. He scored, I think, 29 against Vanderbilt Tuesday night mm-hmm. for them. So just unbelievable score. Auburn has been really solid at perimeter defense. The three-point defense has been very good this year. Um, Denver Jones had his best defensive game of the year against Texas A&M Tuesday night. He, KD, the rest of the guards will have to be at the top of their game uh, defensively against LSU. 4.30 airtime, 5 o'clock tip, Wings 94.3 on the Auburn Sports Network. You can join all the guys over there Saturday afternoon into the evening on Wings 94.3. Also on Wings 94.3 coming up tonight, it's Thursday, which means Tiger Talk. You can find that at 6 o'clock on Wings 94.3 and WingsFM.com. Brad, tell the people what they can expect tonight on the show. All right. Hopefully they'll uh, come out and, and join us at Mom Howard's Victory Grill tonight at 6. But if they can't make it there, then, yeah, listen on Wings 94.3. Bobby Reynolds, men's tennis coach, will be there. Chaney Johnson will talk men's basketball. And uh, head coach Bruce Pearl, right off the top of the show, will be there. So we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to have good food. Uh, going to be a lot of energy, I think, in the house tonight as we get ready to talk about this basketball team that's ranked 16th in the country. And there aren't 15 teams better than Auburn basketball. So it's going to be a fun ride. Yeah, you better believe that. Well, look, you guys do a fantastic job. We're so thankful for uh, for our partnership and, of course, to have you on the airwaves every single Thursday here on ESPN 106.7. Brad, as always, thanks so much. Uh, War Eagle to you. We'll hear you on tonight. We'll hear you on Saturday, and then we'll hear you again here next Thursday. You got it, Jacob. Thank you very much. War Eagle. That's Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network joining us on ESPN 106.7 as he does every Thursday at 2.30 here during On the Line. We'll take our final break, come back, wrap up hour number one. Give me a call. You can be a part of the show, 334-321-1390. Hour number one. We'll wrap up on the other side. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up hour number one here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. Thanks to Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. He joins us every Thursday. Always a good time talking with him. Uh, again, he just he he has such an interesting way of, uh, of putting things into words. And so always fun talking with him, of course, talking about uh, one of the biggest news stories uh, of the day, of the week, of the year, really, uh, with Nick Saban retiring from Alabama. We'll talk some more about that and kind of how it impacts Auburn. Of course, a huge decommitment yesterday from Alabama. We have to talk about that coming up in hour number two. But we also talked about Auburn basketball with Brad Law. 
about the Tigers taking down Texas A&M on, uh, what was that, Tuesday night? And then uh, then their game coming up on Saturday against LSU. Plus, we talked about Tiger Talk tonight. You can find that over on Wings 94.3, 6 p.m., or you can go out and, and visit them at Baumhauer's tonight. So uh, BP will be there. Andy Burcham will be there. Brad Law will be there. The one and only Jacob Hillman will be there. Like, I mean, they got all kinds of celebrities going on over there at Baumhauer. So be sure you go and check that out if you're looking for something to do tonight, or you can catch that on Wings 94.3. We got just a minute or two here um, in hour number two. Phone lines are open from now until about 3.30 when we get Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast. He'll join us in the second hour like he does every Thursday and really, really looking forward to his thoughts about all of this, how it impacts not just Auburn, but the SEC, college football, and the changes that are happening. Really, really excited to have him on coming up later in the show. But you can be a part of it, 334-321-1390. And that's what's coming up in the second hour. We're going to talk about this. Again, the huge decommitment yesterday, the big question everybody's asking, who's next, right? Who is next in line as the head coach at Alabama? And I'll say this, we're going to get into that topic. And I've said this before, and my dad and I have talked about this a ton for a year. I mean, this has been a 10-year conversation we've had. And I truly believe this. I truly believe this. And I think that's why you saw a big-time head coach say, no, I'm not leaving. You'd be a fool to take this head coaching job right now. You would be an absolute fool to step in after Nick Saban at Alabama. What are you going to do? You're never going to get and meet expectations. Why? Because their expectations are national championships every year. 12 wins, top recruiting classes. You can't replace one of the legends. You can't replace the guy who's going to be named the greatest of all time. You can't do that. The only reason you take this job, in my opinion, is if you're an up-and-coming coach, or a bit, which they're not going to hire that, a big-time coach and you don't care about your record, don't care about your resume, and you're looking for a paycheck. If you're looking for a check... And Alabama comes calling, take it. If you're worried about having a job in four years, uh uh-uh. Stay away. That's my thoughts on that. And I've got a lot more coming up in hour number two. We'll have that conversation. we got to talk about Mr. Ryan Williams, who decommitted from Alabama yesterday, thanks to the Nick Saban news. And a whole lot more. Plus, Chris Gordy will join us in hour number two, host of the Locked On SEC podcast. Give me a call. Be a part of it. Hour number two coming up. The following is an Auburn Network production. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika sports leader. 
Happy Thursday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this Thursday, January 11th, 2024. I'm your man, Jacob Goins, with you on ESPN 106.7. Hour number one is in the books here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. It's the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. If you missed any of hour number one, you can catch up with the podcast later on today. We'll post that for you after the show. You can find it on our station website at ESPNAU.com, or you can find it wherever you get your podcast just search for on the line we talked to brad law from the auburn sports network in the first hour had tons to talk about with him in regards to auburn athletics with uh, tiger talk coming up tonight with auburn basketball on saturday his thoughts on the game on tuesday as auburn took down texas a&m and of course hosting lsu this saturday and then we talked the biggest news of the day biggest news that hit yesterday about an hour after this Nick Saban retiring from Alabama. We talked about it in the first hour. We got some more thoughts on that here in hour number two. And as always, we want to get your thoughts on that, on Auburn basketball, Auburn football, anything else you want to talk about on the show today. Phone lines are open for the next 30 minutes or so. 334-321-1390. That number is 334-321-1390. We'll have phone lines over for 30 minutes. I'll talk for a little bit. And then, uh, as always, on Thursday afternoons, coming up at the bottom of the hour, uh, Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast, will join us to give all the updates around the SEC. Yes, including Saban, talking recruiting, talking a little basketball as well. So excited to have him on. Uh, He fits our show narrative so well and can't wait to have him on at 3.30. But again, you can be a part of the show until then. And we're talking about Nick Saban and Alabama has he is retired from the Crimson Tide he's retired from college football he is done and I had a lot of thoughts in the first hour about why he's done my thoughts on him my thoughts on his time at Alabama and just what he has done for college football I highly recommend you go back and listen to that in the podcast because I it was just a good it was a good way for me to kind of get how I feel about it out and I think I think there were some good things in there so you can find that in the podcast later today I want this part of the show to be more about how Auburn can be impacted from this and how Auburn is impacted from this and like Brad was talking about and like I've talked about and like everybody has talked about the immediate response is on the recruiting trail I mean, without a doubt, it's on the recruiting trail because that's where Saban and Alabama have dominated for basically his entire tenure there, right? Basically the entire time he was there, that's what made Alabama so great. And I had thoughts on that in the first hour about why that's not the case anymore and why he's retiring. But I think it's important to understand that and I told Brad this when we were having our conversation think about what's happened in the last year the fact that Auburn started to pose a threat to Alabama and Nick Saban inspector joked about this in the first hour about how Saban retired but you know he was scared a few freeze you better believe he was he was worried there's no doubt no doubt in my mind he was worried about it because look at what Hugh Freeze has already done and the successes that he had and it shows how important Nick Saban is to that program we all know how important he is Uh, we know that but one of Auburn's biggest unsigned targets 
decommitted from Alabama yesterday. And that's something we'll talk about on the show today as well. 334-321-1390. Let's get to the phone lines. You're on the line. Who am I speaking with? Hey, Jacob. It's John in Auburn. Hey, John. How are you, man? I'm, I'm doing well, doing well. So let me, let me throw just a little different take at this. Okay. Um, one thing Auburn has to be wary of is, you know, growing content. So I'll give you an example. Between 1957 and 2007, 50 years, Auburn really doesn't do much in the national landscape. Saban gets hired at the end of the 07 season going into 2008. And in the next six years, Auburn wins a national championship and plays another game. Mm -hmm. So the immediacy of the threat from across the state, Auburn was able to garner the resources out of a need, a necessity to stay above the fray, and was able to reach that higher plateau. I'm interested to see in a Sabinless environment, and I think Dan Lanning will get the job. Well, but I'm interested to see in a, in a Sabinless environment what happens. Well, I think that's a really good point, but not to not to cut you off, John, but Dan Lanning, it's been it's been reported that he's not going anywhere. He's staying in Oregon. I've missed that. I've been working all day. Yep. Wow, thank you. Yep. So, so and that so that gets into that topic which we'll have here on the show is is who's next and yeah, they're they're it's said that Dan Lanning's not going anywhere. Caitlin DeBoer, uh, I think, was offered the OC job before last season. So I think he's an interesting name. Mm -hmm, For sure. But no, I I like that perspective you bring up because, you know, we can't, as Auburn people, we can't just say Saban's gone, Bama's dead, they're never going to be good again. That's just a, that's an idiotic way to think, right? You have to uh, understand the money, the resources, the tradition, everything is still there other than Nick Saban. And so if they find god forbid they find the next nick saban right i mean if they find the next one to step right in and never miss a beat then we're in trouble but they're going to find a good head coach and they're going to find the one that fits their program the best and the reason i know that john is because nick saban's going to be all over it he will have all the decision power on who steps in and steps into his office no agreed one last thought i wanted to elaborate on something i heard this morning i think jake crane might have said this Mm -hmm. But he would. Um, I'll go back. I'll put my spin on it on the on the first half of this. If you look back to when Saban was hired, Saban was hired after the 2007 season. In 2006, Alabama was undefeated, top ten uh, matchup against Florida. They were up 35. Alabama's up 35 to three in Bryant Denny first play of the fourth quarter. It's fourth and long, and Alabama throws a bomb to a receiver, Tyrone Prothrow who was their best piece offensively, almost like a modern-day Tyree kill, Mm -hmm. and Prothrow had a tip-fip fracture and I don't think ever played again. Alabama's offense was awful for a year and a half, and that was the end of Shula and Saban's hiring. So it has been argued that if that doesn't happen, Saban doesn't get the job. Yeah. Where Jake Crane's uh, comment was, if 4th and 31 does not happen, is Saban still there? Hmm. If Alabama loses the Iron Bowl this season, this past year, would Saban? I guess the question is, what he had gone after one more? I, I don't think so. I think, and Brad Law brought this up in the first hour, and I think it's a really, really good perspective. Is 
Nick Saban is not somebody to wake up on a Wednesday and say, you know what, I think I'm done today. No, he's a guy that has thought out everything he's wanted to do since he got into coaching. He is so thorough and thinks out and game plans everything in his life. I mean, he probably knows what he's going to have for dinner a month from now. I think he he knew what he wanted to do, and, and I think he fully understood that this was probably it for him, regardless of the result of this season. It, it's real. It's really interesting, but yeah, just just kind of kind of where my perspective is is watch Auburn and watch uh, Auburn needs to strike while the iron's hot, and I think that makes the immediacy of who you get for the two coordinator jobs that much more important. You better believe it, John. Thanks so much, Thank man. You. Great to hear from you. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We'll remain at the phone lines. You're on the line. Who am I speaking with? Hey, Jacob. This is Terry. Hey, Terry. What's on your mind? Hey, listen, some of the people aren't pointing out when Saban came to Alabama, it was the perfect timing because it was the the Retoberville was on his way out. Mm -hmm. They hired in Chiswick. I'll refrain from comment there. Malzahn didn't really give a half-hearted effort. Brian Harson gave no effort when it came to recruiting. He he dominated the state. It was the perfect setup. Not to say he's not a great coach because he is, but, but I'm just saying it's the perfect setup. It's funny because a lot of people are saying that, and, and rightfully so, saying that about Bill Belichick in New England because he's out there in the Patriots, and you look, I think he had, what, 17 division titles or something like that, and you look at what the what that division was, it was horrible the entire time he was there, and not, to, not that it's a direct comparison with the AFC East and the SEC West, but yeah, I think Alabama and Nick Saban, they were able to come in at the right time, and they took over the state of Alabama, and they just never gave it back. And Auburn could never find the right guy to take it from them. And that's one thing I think Auburn fans are excited about is Hugh Freeze could have been that guy. He had already started that, and now, like John was saying, strike when the iron's hot, it's time to pounce on the on the, uh, on the weekend gazelle. And then do you think it was – do you think it was – that played a factor, and he was ready to go. And the man knows when he's ready to go, let's be honest. But the fact that he's being challenged by another coach, because he wasn't going to be challenged by Malzahn. He's sure was going to be challenged by Harson. No, I, I 100% think that played into it. And, you know, i do not saying he was scared of Hugh Freeze by any means, no. but he was threatened. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, because he was going to make an effort, and those guys didn't make the effort. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. Malzahn, near the end, didn't make the effort, and he was more concerned with some players outside of the state of Alabama. And then Harson, we know that situation. So, yeah, I mean, not that Saban is, again, not that he's scared of threats and people being better than him. I think it is a little bit because of just how his brain is wired. But, yeah, I mean, that, that definitely played a factor into it. There's no doubt. And if Alabama goes out and hires a coach from Washington, is that their version of Brian Harson? Because mm. that guy had never been in this part of the country. It very well could be, and, and I don't think Saban would let that happen. Right. Appreciate it, Jacob. Take care, man. Thanks, Terry. 334-321-1390. Getting calls rolling in now. would love for you uh, to come in and give your thoughts as well. 334-321-1390. And that's what you have to remember here is, is as we get into the who's next question, and that'll be a question we have for the next few weeks, it won't take very long. I think this has already been in the works especially since Saban, again, he did not wake up yesterday morning and say, you know what, I think January 10th on 2024 is just the perfect day for me to retire. No, he didn't didn't do that. Now, I don't think many people knew it, but he's had this in his head for a while. And with that, the fact that he showed up to the building today and still working, I talked about this in the first hour, it proves 
just how much he cares about Alabama and how much he wants that program to be great even when he's gone. And so he's going to have his fingerprints all over the next head coach. Now, the next head coaching staff, I'm not really sure. But the next head coach will pretty much be handpicked by the man himself in Nick Saban. And so you have to go out and make the right call. And this is a tough question to pose to Auburn fans because if I ask you, hey, who do you want Alabama to hire? I mean, you're going to say Brian Harson. So I can't, I can't legitimately ask Auburn fans that, but the question we can ask is who do you think it's going to be? And what would make, and, you know, take the orange and blue glasses off, who should Alabama hire? And Dan Lanning was, of course, the number one choice for everybody and for Alabama. And as I told John, Dan Lanning announced it himself today on his social media with a caption that says, if you're scared of your coach is leaving, then come play for us. The Ducks aren't going anywhere, and I'm not leaving. With a clip, an audio clip of Dan Lanning saying, I want to be here in Eugene for as long as Eugene will have me. And shout out to Dan Lanning and shout out to Oregon for securing that. Because Dan Lanning loves the Ducks. He loves Oregon. And he has made that program even better than what they've been. And now that they're moving to the Big Ten, why would he leave? Dan Lanning's on a perfect spot. He's never going to get fired there. As long as he keeps winning nine or ten games, he's fine. And I think Oregon can do that. It's not like they're going to a super conference when it comes to top-tier teams in the Big Ten. They have four or five good teams. But the rest of the teams are horrible. They suck. So Oregon's going to be fine. And Dan Lanning is very smart for staying in his position. So then the question is, all right, if it's not Dan Lanning, then who for Alabama? And there's so many names that have been flying around. You can look at betting odds. You can look at, I mean, you can look wherever you want to go. The big names that have popped up, of course, Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian, I saw Ryan Day. I've seen odds for Urban freaking Meyer. Like, there's all sorts of big names. But you better believe whoever it is, whoever that Alabama hires as their next head coach, will not be some scrum off the streets. I don't think it'll be just some random up-and-comer. And as Terry says, I don't think it's going to be some guy that has no ties to the state of Alabama or the SEC. They don't want a Brian Harson situation. Absolutely not. They're going to do everything they can to find the next Nick Saban, find the next greatest of all time. Auburn can only hope that that doesn't happen. And I'll say this before we get to break, and then we got a phone call I want to get to on the other side. I will die by this, and until I'm proven wrong, I'm going to believe it. The sucker that takes this job, you're doing it for the paycheck and nothing else. You're doing it just to say you did, because they won't last more than four years. And I very well may be wrong, but I believe that. I've said that for years. How can you fulfill those shoes? How can you, how can you even get to the expectations that Nick Saban is leaving behind at Alabama? It really is remarkable. 334-321-1390. We'll get to the phone lines when we come back. Come on in. This will be the final segment that you can because Chris Gordy will join us coming up in just a little bit. So give me a call. Your thoughts on all of this when we come back here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. 
are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Let's get back to the phone lines here on the Thursday edition of On the Line, 334-321-1390. Welcome back in, Spectre. Well, I just had to after what Dan Lanning said. <laughs> yeah, isn't that crazy, you though? Know, isn't that crazy? Yeah. How many coaches have, have said that and ended up leaving? Yeah, you're, you're right. You're, you're definitely right. We've heard this story yeah. before, but I feel like I believe Dan Lanning here. Well, let, let me tell you. If I ain't mistaken, I think Nick Saban said he wouldn't come into Alabama either. Well, that's that's probably that may be have something to do with it, there, Spectre. Yeah, and, and you know he was hired. Bottom line is money talks. You better believe it. Yeah, if the paycheck is there, you know, even if Lanning came and he couldn't he couldn't do anything, and he's got he's got it on his resume, he was at, he was a head coach at Alabama. Yeah, and you know, speaking of money talks, I mean, Dan Lanning's not a cheap hire. I mean, I think his buyout's like twenty million dollars at Oregon, so that's you'd have to pay that before you even signed him on any contract at Alabama. You got to pay Oregon twenty million dollars. Yeah, well, I ain't saying he's a good hire, but um, matter of fact, <laughs> I mean, you nailed it. I mean, who in the world would want to follow Nick Saban? Couldn't be me. It, the it only reason you do it's for the money. Exactly right. Exactly right. As money talks. Hmm. Yeah, but uh, you know that guy from um, who's on the list, the board is that his name? Oh yeah, the the, the coach yeah from Washington yeah. Mm-hmm. I, how in the world, just because he's got two years at Washington and was successful there, his resume is not that good. It's just not very long. I think is the issue. It's just not very you know. It's not very seasoned. Mm-mm, not at all. And uh, I think Dabo is about the strongest candidate. But, uh, again, he would only do it for the money. Yeah, I mean, Dabo's – I mean, some of the biggest names in college football are on this list. I mean, James Franklin from Penn State. And, I shoot, Alabama can hire him anytime, any day, in my opinion. He, he's, he's gotten great talent at Penn State, and he's been average since he's been there. Well, I'll close with this. If Alabama picks uh, – uh, Mississippi coach's name? Uh, Lane Kiffin? Kiffin. That'd be a mistake, a big mistake. You think so? Yes, even though he was the offensive coordinator there. Uh, yeah, I do. I do think it's a big mistake. I think it was a mistake when even Auburn was was dancing with the idea of it. I think it's a gamble. That's the biggest thing. I think it's a huge gamble on Lane Kiffin, no matter where he goes. Well, he's like another coach that was in the Southeastern Conference. He couldn't win the big games. Mm-hmm. He'd go 10-2 every year, but couldn't win the big one. I wonder who you're talking about. Uh, Mark Rick was one of them. <laughs> well, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. There's there's a couple there's a couple guys that fit that narrative. Yeah. All right, but later on. Thanks, Spectre. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. I mean, yeah. I mean, just look at some of the names that are floating around for this. Uh, and I say floating around. This is uh, this is media folks throwing names out here. I mean, this this is nothing coming out of Alabama or the Alabama camp or anything like that. I mean. Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. Dabo. Dabo Sweeney from Clemson. And I'll say something about that. I think if this was four years ago, if this was four years before this, I think it would have been Dabo's job to turn down. But what has Dabo done since all of this new stuff? The reason that Nick Saban just retired, NIL, transfer portal, new structure of the game of college football, what has Dabo Sweeney done? in that era 
He hasn't done anything. He's a guy that absolutely refuses to adjust. Saban at least tried. Saban adjusted and was still making semifinals in the college football playoffs. He just didn't want to deal with it anymore. Dabo Sweeney, on the other hand, he just now started taking NIL money. He didn't want to deal with any of it. So why would Alabama go hire a guy that doesn't want to adjust with the times? Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Dan Lanning at Oregon, we talked about that. Says he's staying at Oregon. But to Spectre's point, we have heard that story before with other big-name coaches at big-name programs. When big-name players, or I guess big-name programs come knocking, right? Because money does talk. You're absolutely right. Washington's head coach, interesting. I, I think that's too much of a gamble. You have Mike Norvell. I've seen this name pop around from Florida State. And, you know, that's that's just an interesting it's an interesting decision there and an interesting name. I don't know if, if that would be the direction that, that Alabama goes. And Sark at Texas, that's another one. But my question is, with all of these big-name coaches, why would they leave their current situations? I know that Alabama's the top premier program in college football. I get that. But for the reason I've already talked about in why would you want to back up? Why would you want to be the guy that follows Nick Saban? I mean, you're never going to fulfill that. You're never going to exceed expectations or even get to those expectations. And for a guy like Dan Lanning or Steve Sarkeesian or, heck, even Lane Kiffin, why would you leave your current spot? They're in pretty good positions. Steve Sarkeesian, he's now an SEC head coach. He's coming off a college football playoff. And they're going to be in the running and pretty much make it just about every year if they keep doing what they're doing. And they've got more money than Alabama does. Why would you leave? And then my comments about James Franklin at Penn State. If Alabama wants to hire James Franklin, go for it. I'm all for it. Because James Franklin has got an unbelievable talent at Penn State. He's never had Alabama-level talent, but he's had some pretty good talent. At Penn State. He's had some pretty good dudes up there. And what has he done with it? Nothing. He's done nothing. Because he can't beat the big teams. He can't win the big games. He'll beat the Minnesotas of the world. He'll beat the Rutgers out of the Big Ten. But when it comes to Ohio State, Michigan, and now Oregon and Washington, Penn State's not going to win those games consistently. They never have. The guy's the same coach he was at Vanderbilt as he is at Penn State. So if Alabama wants to hire him, be my guest. I mean, be my absolute guest. I don't know. And again, it's tough for me to ask this question to to my Auburn listeners and to Auburn fans because you want Alabama to make the worst hire possible. But take those glasses off, right? Look at this from an, an outside perspective. What makes the most sense here? And I'm sure Chris Gordy host of Locked On SEC, is going to have that for us in just a second because, I mean, this thing, this who knows where this could go. And I think, again, I think Saban is going to have his paws all over this thing. I really do. There's no doubt in my mind that he will be making the decision or at least have his input. And he's been thinking about this for a while. This didn't just happen overnight. I don't know. Lots of big names. Lots of options here for Alabama to go. 
And I don't think it's going to take very long because you've got that February signing period coming up. And there's a, a kid named Ryan Williams that just decommitted from Alabama at the Crimson Tide, but love to get back. And I can guarantee you who's on the phone with him yesterday afternoon. His name is Hugh Freeze. We'll talk to Chris Gordy about that coming up. He's the host of the Locked on SEC podcast. He joins us here on ESPN 106.7 after this. Jacob Goins on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on the Thursday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7, and this guy joins us every Thursday at 3.30, and I just don't think we could have timed this up any better with Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast, joining us the day after some of the biggest news in the history of the SEC drop with Nick Saban retiring. Chris, how are you, man? Celebration. I mean, it is it is unreal that this day has finally come. And, and I've said this for the longest. I said when Nick Saban hangs it up, it'll be a sad day for Alabama. It'll be a sad day for Bama fans across the country, across the South, who have had you know the, the exuberance and the enjoyment of just uh, the most dominant run in college football ever, and the greatest college football coach to win all these championships, and every year they're relevant, competing for a, a title spot. But I always said when this day happened, 13 other fan bases were going to throw a party, and now really 15, uh, Texas and Oklahoma are in the mix too. Yep. Uh, Jacob, we I was at the Bear Bryant Awards yesterday with our, our radio station here in Houston. E- Eli Drakewitz was literally on air with us on our radio station as the news broke. We showed him the news. He literally sat back in his chair and got a big smile on his face because he knows. He knows every other SEC coach said, ding dong, the witch is dead. Goliath is slayed. We no longer have that guy standing in our way. Now, it doesn't mean it, you know the SEC is going to be super easy to win, right? It's still going to be difficult. Right. Kirby's still doing his thing in Georgia. Texas and Oklahoma are coming in. That will make it tougher. But as my buddy Matt Moscona said yesterday, he said, Alabama, even if they hire the best coach, it doesn't matter because it's not Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. And everybody has a chance now. This thing is wide open. And, uh, man, it's just, again, it's, it's a glorious day. I know a lot of coaches across the SEC yesterday were popping bottles of champagne saying, we don't have to worry about that SOB anymore, and we got a chance to win it all. Well, Alabama fans are in literal depression um, after the news yesterday, and Auburn fans rolled Toomer's Corner. I mean, that's how big of a day it was yesterday in this town when, when Nick Saban's announcement came out that he was retiring. Yeah, Auburn fans should be celebrating it, and I love that the uh, the, the wide receiver you know decommits, and then you know a couple people start crystal balling him to, to Auburn. I'm I'm like that's just it, it's too perfect. Ryan like, Williams, you know? yep. Um, yeah, and so so look, we'll see what happens there, but uh, it's a big day. It's a big day in that in that Iron Bowl rivalry. Um, you know, it, it, it could be more even doubt. Not to say Auburn's going to win every Iron Bowl moving forward. Again, we got to see who Alabama ends up hiring and and, and see how they do, but. Again, the, the bigger point is here, at, at the end of the day, it largely doesn't matter because that person is not Nick Saban. It's going to be somebody else who might be a pretty good coach, 
but that person will not be as dominant and as good as Nick Saban. And so, uh, yeah, it's just it really does make everything a little bit more of a playing, uh, even you know, level playing field. Uh, again, we'll see what Kirby does. I don't want to bite my tongue here. And Kirby goes off and wins eight of the next nine SEC championships and makes the playoff every year. That that could certainly happen, but um, it's just going to be very interesting to see because. Uh, you know, again, it's it's just everybody, like even Lane Kiffin, like the rumors of Lane Kiffin could get hired by Bama go, why would he leave Ole Miss? Mm-hmm. He's got a great thing going. He set up the, the toughest uh, opponent, you know, typically on his schedule is, is off now. He's gone. He's out the window. So uh, I just think everybody across the SEC had kind of the same thought that uh, this thing gets a lot more attainable for us now. Well, the news broke yesterday about uh, about 40 minutes or 30 minutes from this point we're approaching 24 hours since it broke and and last night you were live on locked on sec you did a wonderful job and had uh, had some of your alabama contributors on the show kind of give us just your your thoughts on the saban era at alabama and kind of what it has done to college football and and really why you think saban's hung it up yeah it's it's interesting i mean i i do think it was because of uh you know, everything that's at play here with NIL. And, you know, it used to be, I, I tell people this all the time, but years ago I was in a coach's office and, you know, a lot of these coaches have guys they hire as like, they call them GMs. Um, you know, there was a guy that, that LSU had years ago under, under Ed Ogeron. Uh, I forget the guy's name. He, he went to Tennessee for a while. Mm-hmm. And it's basically that guy's job is to keep everything organized and really kind of keep track of recruiting. And really what they had on the wall in this office I was at, they had a three-year depth chart on the wall. It was a depth chart list, and it had like 2017, 2018, 2019. And it was a depth chart of here's who we know will be back these years and all that. Coaches can't do that anymore. Nope. Like, and I know it kills guys like Nick Saban that, that look at a depth chart for next year and go, you know, when I, on signing day, when I get that kid's commitment, and he says, for the next three to four years, I'll be signing with, yeah, it's not that anymore. It's for the next year. I'm going here. You know, it's, it's, it's like when that portal opens every single offseason, you know, you've got to re-recruit the kids. And I know that absolutely drove a stake into the heart of Nick Saban on, look, you know, like he's, he's such a control freak. This age of NIL and transfer portal, you, you don't have control anymore. The coaches have lost a lot of control. And so I think that ate at him. I know he just did that sit-down interview with Reese Davis this afternoon, and he, he kind of sidestepped it. He said, oh, that didn't have anything to do with this. I was just – it was just the taxing on me and the mental strain of a full season and all this. And he came out and said, I was more involved last year, last year with the defense and I've been in a long time and my role was different. I'm going, well, whose fault is that? You hired Kevin Steele as your DC. Like you let Pete <laughs> Golding walk out the door. You, you could have kept Pete Golding. You could have hired somebody else. So, um, I just think all those kind of sound like excuses. I just think he was fed up with where college football is and is moving. And, uh, you know, as Eli Drinkwitz told us yesterday on the air with us, he said, Guys, we were on a conference call with all the coaches this morning at 10 a.m. Mm. Nick Saban was as passionate as he's ever been, stumping for you know this and that. And literally, like five, six hours later, he retires. Something happened, you know. What I mean, like something had to. It doesn't seem like this was something that was orchestrated and planned, and that a ton of people knew. It, it, the, the amount of people that were shocked by the announcement tells you all, all you need to know that that this decision was made seemingly yesterday. Yeah, I mean, there, there's been you know conflicting viewpoints on that, Chris. I mean, some people do believe that this has been in the works for for four or five months, and this is just when he decided to do it. And then, yeah, there's people uh, like you were talking about, yourself included, where it's like, okay, 
what was what was the, the you know the what was the deciding factor there? What happened yesterday that he was like, screw this, I'm done. I, I mean, I'm out. I'm I'm done. I probably wanted to do it for a while, but you know, January 10th, 2024, is just the day that I've decided I'm no longer coaching at Alabama. Yeah, I mean, there there was some people hypothesizing that maybe uh, you know maybe it was a um, you know a health issue with him or with Miss Terry. He did he debunked that today on the. The Reese Davis interview saying, "Health, you know, health has nothing to do with it. There's no illness. We're we're as healthy as can be." Um, I do think, you know, we had our buddy Chris Marler on, on Locked On SEC yesterday, and he knows, uh, you know, Saban's daughter Kristen very well, and you know, he's got a grandson, uh, or she has a son, and you know, he's the grandfather, and you just wonder, like, you get into your seventies, you're having to dye your hair every day, <laughs> like. At what point do you get to just sit down and enjoy some family time? And and it seemed like the writing had kind of been on the wall. A few people I've talked to confirmed this, that he had, had he won it all last year with Bryce Young and Will Anderson in their final year, that he was going to walk off into the sunset that year. Uh, and then there were rumblings throughout this season that had he won it all this, this offseason, you know, that this year that he was going to walk off into the sunset. So, you know, we, we saw him buy the, the beach house a year ago. Everybody's going, well, wait a minute, you're buying this big multi-billion dollar beach house. When are you going to spend time in it, you know, unless mm-hmm. you're retiring? So, you know, there were kind of signs starting to point that way. I do think ultimately he did want to give it another year or two. But, um, you know, for whatever reason, everything came together. I think he just kind of said, I'm, I'm done with this. Now would be a good time to get out. It's just the timing of it is weird, too, right? I mean, you do it this late in the game, a lot of the big candidates are off the board, right? Yeah. I mean, like, you've had A&M open up and fill their position. Mississippi State filled their position. Just all these other jobs that have been open all got filled. And, you know, I know you're Alabama. You feel like you can go get anybody, but you've already been turned down by Dan Lanning today. Uh, we'll see, you know, what happens with Steve Sarkeesian and a few of the other big names. But you hate to say it, but is Alabama going to be – having to, you know, will they have to settle here? Is that, is that the route they're going to have to go? Uh, because let's be real. That's a tough job. Who wants to follow that, that guy? Uh, you got to have the biggest ego in the world to want to sign up to come and, and follow Nick Saban in his footsteps. Bingo. And, and, you know, that's, that's what we've been talking about today. And, and you can tell that uh, Mr. Chris Gordy himself was in sports radio because that was the segue we were getting to. That's where we were getting in this conversation. As we do talk to Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, your daily podcast covering all things SEC. Who does Alabama go after, Chris? I mean, we've seen the, the odds. We've seen all the lists. Everybody's got their own opinions. And Dan Lanning uh, supposedly turning down. I know he put something on his social media. And, and I had a caller earlier today. So we've seen that story before with head coaches saying they're not leaving. And then uh, the, the paycheck just gets a little bit bigger. So uh, where that's a two-part question here. Where do you think Alabama goes? And where should Alabama go to try and fill the, the massive shoes of Nick Saban? Well, it's it's funny. I, I'll ask you this real quick, Jacob. Do you know who the do you know the name Ray Parkins? Do you know who that is? Uh, I, maybe. So I don't. You're a younger guy, so there's a, you're, only your older listeners will know this name. Ray Parkins was the guy who followed Bear Bryant at Alabama. Got gotcha, He was the gotcha. he coached from '83 to '86, went 32, 15, and one. And again, like how many people even know his name out there? He didn't mm-hmm. do anything at Alabama, and. You know, for people I've talked to, the old heads have said, you know, he, he didn't even want to hear the name Bear Bryant. He wanted to, you know, he wanted to distance himself so much from that. But you can't. I mean, you follow a legend like that who wins all these national championships and creates the standard, 
and he leaves, it's like you follow in those footsteps, man, you are almost doomed. And somebody asked me today, I said, do you think Saban will have a say in the hiring? I said, why in the hell would, like, no. If you're Nick Saban, I don't want anything to do with that. Like, really? Look, I'll help you guys out with the recruiting or whatever. I just, to me, it doesn't, like, why does he care? If okay. anything, and he'll never he'll never admit to this publicly, but in the back of his mind, Nick Saban wants whoever is hired next to fail. He wants that guy to fall down and, and on, on his face so that Saban can look back and go, yeah, remember when I lost a game and you guys were throwing a fit? You didn't realize how good <laughs> you had it when I was your head coach. Oh, gosh. Again, it's all, all these people are ego-driven. There's... Saban would love nothing more than to say that. Again, he, he won't say that publicly, but I think deep down he wants to see the next person at Alabama maybe not fail to a point of like six and six, but certainly lower those expectations to go, yeah, you guys didn't realize you had a freaking legend and you, and you, know, you wanted to jump ship whenever I lost a game or two games. So um, that said, uh, I kind of put out a, a list this afternoon, and, and some of them I was joking with some of these, but I'll tell you this is kind of the order of, of where I am right now. I think Mike Norvell is the leader of the clubhouse. And it's funny, I actually talked to Mike Norvell yesterday at the Bear Bryant Awards. Um, didn't talk about leaving Florida State because we didn't know there was a job opening. But, yeah. uh, you know, Mike Norvell's a good dude. Uh, uh, obviously, fantastic year this year at Florida State, went 13-0. There were times in his career he wasn't the best recruiter. I think he's gotten better at it in recent years. They utilized the transfer portal very well last year and this year with Florida State. So, I think Norvell would be a really safe way to go. I think the guy could go there. I think he could win, um, you know, possibly win for, you know, play for a championship. So Mike Norvell to be would be the safe one. I'd also completely vet out Steve Sarkeesian at Texas. I still don't think Sark is going to leave. We heard Quinn Ewers announced today that he's definitely coming back. We know Arch Manning will be second string at, at Texas next year. So Sark, I would make, I would continue to make the phone calls on, but I don't think you're getting him out of Texas. The other one, if you get no's from Norvell and Sark, and you already got a no from Landing, I'm calling Urban Meyer. I mean, Urban's won everywhere he's been. He won two national championships at Florida. He won a championship at Ohio State. He's been doing the broadcasting. He's still up on everything. I think Urban Meyer, you know, maybe you only get him for three, four, five years, but I would certainly make a run at that. And if you're Urban, you got to be attracted, man. You. The best job, the best program in the country with all the resources you could ever want. Oh. Uh, they're serving that one up, up, up on a hot platter for you. So I, I don't know if Urban even wants to get back into coaching, but that's a phone call I would make. So those are kind of my top three. After that, look, Dabo, I think, has always been the name that we've thrown as the heir apparent. I don't, you know, I, I don't know if it, the timing works out right now uh, for Dabo to jump ship because if Dabo's getting fed up with the, the, the grumbling Clemson fans – with expectations, falling short of expectations there, what do you think he would do at Alabama? I mean, they, he, exactly. he'd uh, pull his hair out with the, with the expectations those fans have. Uh, Mel Tucker, I think, is an interesting one. We all know why he was mm. let go from Michigan State, but as we always say, time heals all wounds. Chris Beard is back in, as a head coach at Ole Miss. Uh, Hugh Freeze is coaching at, at Auburn. And granted, these are all different reasons why these guys were let go. We, just, we use the word toxic to kind of uh, describe them when they're let go for something unsavory. Uh, Mel Tucker obviously fits that category, but God, does Mel Tucker's resume fit the bill? I mean, a former Saban disciple, has coached at Alabama before, you know, won 11 games with Michigan State, uh, you know, just a couple years ago. Like, he fits the bill, but again, is he too toxic right now? I've had some people say they think he is. And then the last one that I think just really fits, uh, fits, he doesn't have a ton of experience, but Glenn Schumann, he's an Alabama graduate, 
He got his start at Alabama. He's been at Georgia since 2016 under Kirby, was their linebackers coach. He's been co-DC for the last five years there, and he's done a great job there. He was co-DC with Dan Lanning, and now he's been, you know, he's co-DC with Will Muschamp, and Glenn Schumann's done a fantastic job. He done that, again, he'd be a first-time head coach, so it's a gamble, but he's an Alabama guy through and through, and there's two stops for the last decade plus have been Alabama and Georgia. What better spots to get? all the experience you could ever want. So yeah. 33 years old, but Glenn Schumann to me would be the, the best fallback option. If everybody else says no, man, go get Glenn Schumann. A lot of big names there, Chris, that Alabama could go after that uh, uh, will be in the mix for the next couple of weeks. I don't think it'll take super long because of all the things you mentioned with the uh, the rest of the actual signing day coming up in February, spring practice coming around. I mean, all that's coming up in the next few weeks and the next few months. Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, man, uh, right before we let you go, wanted to, to tell you, my listeners and all the folks here in Auburn, they want you to pick against the Tigers in basketball every time they play. That includes against your LSU Tigers this weekend, man. Uh, so uh, your pick for Auburn basketball this weekend. Yeah, um, that was a hell of a win against Arkansas on Saturday. Um, that, that, that's as beat down as they come. That was, that was a huge win for Bruce Pearl and company. Uh, the win against A&M the other night was, was a pretty good win, too. I mean, that, that, um, you, know, you guys flexed your muscles as that game went along and, and pulled away, and that, that was a nice win. Uh, LSU has been very, I mean, like, uh, I just thought they were going to be trash again this year. And Matt McMahon's done a great job. They started off 2-0 and in the conference and surprised all of us yeah. with a win in College Station and then a home win against Vandy the other night. But I just think Auburn's playing on a different level. So, um, you know, look, I, as much as I'd love to see LSU get the 3-0 and for the first <laughs> time in forever, I just don't think it's in the cards. I think this Auburn team's too talented. I think the way they're playing, they're just playing on another level. And this this just screams, uh, you know, playing at home that, that Auburn's going to win this thing going away by like 18, 20 points, something like that. So, mm. yeah, I'd love, I'd love to be the reverse jinx for you guys. But, uh, no, I think, I think the way Auburn's playing right now, they're going to easily improve the 3-0. and Then you get Vandy, who stinks. Uh, Ole Miss is tough. Then you go to Alabama. I, I think it's going to be a little wild. We're talking a couple of uh, – a couple of games here before uh, Auburn even suffers their first conference loss here, Jacob. Awesome. Well, hey, if 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 it is reverse juju and Auburn just falls off the face of the earth, um, my fans <laughs> may not let you back on this on this show. I don't know. Um, yeah, we'll see how that I, I goes. Guess I'll have to flip it up next. I'll have to flip it around next time. There you go. There you go. I didn't know you had that much power, Chris, but I do now. Now I know what I'm messing with. <laughs> Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast, man. It's always a pleasure talking with you. Always so much fun, especially with the biggest news going on around the the SEC. Plug your podcast. What's coming up? You got a lot to talk about, man. Yeah, Locked on SEC, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, again, today's episode, great with our, our Alabama roundtable, kind of looking back and asking you know some Alabama guys what was their favorite moment or favorite memory of, of Saban's tenure, um, you know, and obviously uh, where they go from here. So uh, check that out wherever you get your podcast. And then, uh, I got an interview with uh, Eli Drinkwitz last night in Missouri. We're going to post at some point, but Man, with all the saving stuff and, and Alabama coaching search on, we may have to wait a couple of days before we can get that up there for you. Isn't that the worst when you get good audio and it, it becomes irrelevant because of something else happening? <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's not timely, so I can still run it at any time. But uh, man, drink. Sorry, you were uh, you were taken aback. You you got you got booted to you know the B segment because of uh, Saban. He may be used to that. He's the head coach of Missouri. 
<laughs> yes, true. Hey, 11 <laughs> wins and he beat Ohio State. True, hey, what, true. Maybe Bama should be looking at Drake. Yeah, well, I haven't seen Eli Drinkwitz on any list anywhere. What the heck, man? Well, uh, <laughs> get more get more respect to Eli Drinkwitz and to Chris Gordy. Man, thanks so much. We'll talk to you next Thursday. All right, thanks, That's Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SCC podcast. We got to get to our final break. We went way long with Chris. We'll come back and wrap it up quickly here on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. All right, winding down here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. We do not have very long. We went way long uh, with Mr. Chris Gordy, but we tend to do that sometimes, especially when there's so much going on. Uh, There's always uh, a lot of fun to have, uh, to be had, I should say, with Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast. So if you missed any of that conversation or any other parts of the show today, be sure you go and listen to the podcast. You can find it at our station website at ESPNAU.com, or you can just search on the line wherever Ever you get your podcast, and you'll find it there right after the show. We talked to Chris Gordy just now, host of the Locked on SEC podcast. Talked to Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. Uh, so, had two great guests today, and talking a lot of Nick Saban, Alabama, how it relates to Auburn, Ryan Williams decommitting from Alabama. More talk about that tomorrow. Um, hey, maybe we'll have some news on that tomorrow. You never know what's going to happen between now and then. And coming up on tomorrow's show, it's Friday, free for all Friday. Uh, hopefully, the weather doesn't impact anything be sure you're watching that tomorrow all right supposed to be bad Uh, be sure you're keeping an eye on that maybe it'll kind of take a step back but as long as the weather doesn't knock our building down we're gonna be here two to four uncle t-bone will be back with me we'll talk more Saban news we'll talk more recruiting news we'll talk college basketball as Auburn taking on LSU on Saturday so much will happen on the show tomorrow so that'll be here on ESPN 106.7 what a crazy good show today huh Again, if you missed any of it, you can go find the podcast right after this. Also, tonight, Tiger Country, 104.5, You can join me and Christian Griffin on the call. Lee Scott Basketball hosting the Glenwood Gators in a huge, huge region matchup. The biggest rival for those two schools playing each other tonight. You can join us on the Lee Scott Sports Network, 515 on Tiger Country, 1045 and TigerCountry.net. Looking forward to that. Tiger Talk also tonight over on Wings 94.3. That'll be at 6 p.m. So until tomorrow, 2 to 4, right here on ESPN 106.7. I'm Jacob Goins. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.